The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. You've got the H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on those dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or the third-row seating gets your whole family in to experience the thrill together. The dual wireless charging pads make sure that no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead cell phone. Think about those adventurous activities you can do, like me taking a ski trip up with the family, maybe going on a camping expedition, anything and everything. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parrish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the 2-Way at newbalance.com. It's Gary Parrish. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Eye on College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting, dodo birds, and leaky black. Matt Norlander is here with me. If you're watching on YouTube, smash the like button like your Brandon Davies. You have consent. And if you haven't yet, please go subscribe to CBS Sports College Basketball YouTube channel while you're here. Let's get into it. Deadleg was at the Jimmy V Classic last night. Fun doubleheader inside Madison Square Garden, Illinois. Won the early game, beat FAU 98-89. Then UConn won the late game, beat UNC 87-76. It's a big night in Midtown Manhattan for the Fighting Illini. And, of course, I hear we've got a special message from the ghost of Tom Fernelli. Let me have it. Hey, Gary. It's me, back from the dead. I'm here with a special message for you tonight. I'm looking at your top 25 and one. And first of all, I want to give you credit. You were about ignoring wins and losses long before the college football playoff selection committee was. So kudos to you. But I see in your rankings that you've got FAU at number 10, a team that lost to Bryant, which is five and four with big wins over Fisher, Howard and Brown. That's fine. If you really like the Owls and their collection of 6'2 guards, go for it. But tonight, that team is playing Illinois, a team you have ranked at 20, despite their only loss being to Marquette and beating everybody else they've played, including a blowout win over Rutgers at the true mecca of basketball, the Rack. I'm just asking you that tonight, after Illinois beats that tiny little FAU team, don't move them up. In fact, move them out of your rankings. Stay as far away as humanly possible from my line. I, I do not need you cursing them again like you did last year. Thanks. Dead leg, hit, hit the button. You know which one. Hit the button. Hold on, I gotta. First of all, good morning, everyone. I am groggy. I am here. I gotta find this button. Hold on, it's coming. It's coming. Here it is. I was wrong. I was wrong. Oh man, I was wrong was I ever? He buried you, by the way. <laughs> he, he, Are we a hundred percent about sure? wins and losses long before the college football playoff? <laughs> That's perfect. I uh, are we a hundred percent sure he recorded that before the game? I actually I cannot confirm or deny if that was recorded before the game. I really can't. Hey, 
Okay. So um, I, I respect it. I, hey, you got to be a big boy. You got to take, if you're going to spend the whole summer talking about FAU, FAU, uh, when they lose for the second time, and the first one was to Bryant, you get what you get. I did adjust for Illinois, though. Go ahead. You? Ask me. Where ask me. Where, where is Illinois in Let me guess. Morning? I guess. I haven't looked. I'm okay. going to guess. I'll blindly say you've got Illinois. I'll say Illinois 16, FAU 18. That's my guess. Illinois mm -hmm. is now 10 oh, in the yeah. top 25 and one. Florida it's Atlantic. Overreact here, Parrish. Florida Atlantic has plummeted all the way down to number 14. That means for the second straight year, guess who's driving the Illini train? Choo choo! Choo choo! I'm back. Uh, Let's go, Illini. Make me look smart this year. My apologies to Fornelli and every Illini fan out there, um, including young William, who I know listens to the pod. Shouts to his dad, Will, who I saw on Tuesday. Um, all right. You want to go chronological order with this, GP? How do you want to lay this out? Hey, I'll be honest. When I was planning, we were going to start with UConn, but I feel like Fornelli's forcing us to discuss Illinois' victory over FAU. In fairness to everybody involved, it's a two-point game with two minutes to go. All right? That, yes, that is correct. I And so... A Wednesday court report. I actually did a, a vignette on all four of these teams in FAU because it was the undercard and it was the loser. So it just it's it lands uh, fourth in that list. But I do have a line in that. The game was closer than it looked. Um, Brad Underwood even said afterward, Parrish, he's like, we shot 63%, and it almost never happens when you shoot 63% of the game and you think you need every single one of those baskets in order to win. That was really the case. Illinois pulled away at the end. It was also a rare case. This is one of those... Uh, nuggets and pieces of trivia that you know it would take a ton of research so i'm not going to look it up i just it was super rare tell me the last time two players on the same team scored a career high in the same game and that career high was more than 30 points because that's what they had terrence shannon jr oh marcus domask both had a career high 33 okay Domask, don't, don't it was shades of Jordan in the garden last night. It was outrageous. Like, kind of out of, a little bit out of nowhere, although Underwood really prioritized him in the transfer portal. He came over from, from Southern Illinois and said he had been playing well and shooting well in practice and it kind of, kind of uh, all came to be. I do want to shout Terrence Shannon Jr. as well because I didn't get, get into this in the court report at all. Um, I love the dynamic between these two players. They were the two that came up to the press conference afterward. Um, Shannon Jr.'s like, the biggest Domax fan on the planet. And, uh, and it basically it was basically saying like he had telling him he was, he was due for a breakout game. And then there was even one point where Domax said, uh, he said something along the lines, GP of, you know, I'm getting there. Sometimes I have off nights and like uh, if the shot's not going to be there. And as he's just kind of explained it to the media, Shannon, uh, as if there was no one else in the room was like, Hey, but don't say that, man, that ain't going to happen. Like you're good. They're like a really awesome, really awesome teammate. Uh, Damn it, Fornelli's in the chat. Um, but impressive win for Illinois. Um, my takeaway on them and my court report angle is just purely this. Um, we too often, and understandably so, we focus so much on the top 10 teams, the national title contenders, the final four contenders, as we should, and then the tire fires. I just wanted to take a step back and acknowledge, hey, by the way, Brad Underwood was courted kind of in the cover of darkness after one season at Oklahoma State. And since he got the Illinois job, you know, Illinois has been ranked in the preseason four years in a row, and that had never happened before Underwood got there. 
It's been a top five team in the Big Ten every single season. He's had three consensus All-Americans. A number one uh, NCAA tournament seed has won a Big Ten regular season title, a Big Ten, Big Ten postseason title. They're probably going to be a top three team in the league again this, this season, if not vying for Purdue at the at the top of the table. And so I just wanted to kind of step back and say, and we'll get to FAU in a quick second here. Um, this is a success story. You know, this is what you hope for if you are all but maybe four or five teams at the high major level that you can get a hire like Brad Underwood. The March success hasn't come. That's the only thing. This team has not made it. We are entering Arkansas territory, GP. Last week, 16 for Illinois was the year they made the title game in 05. But aside from that, and that's a major thing, it's just it. he has done a, a terrific job at Illinois. And it can, that kind of stuff can kind of easily get lost. So I thought last night on the heels of a win, it was a nice moment to at least pause and reflect. And I do that in the court report on uh, where Illinois fans, your program right now, you're relevant nationally. You're a top 20 to 25 program from an operating standpoint. That's undeniable. And it could have not it could have easily not been this way if you had not hired Underwood in 2017. I did not know that Illinois was ranked in the preseason AP poll for the fourth straight year. And for the first time they've done that in four consecutive years. And it's just a, it's just a reminder of how tragic it is that Fernelli didn't get to experience this. It is. Yes. It's just, it'll never not be weird that we lost him. It'll never not be weird that you keep killing him. Let's be real about this. It'll never not be weird. It'll never we... not be weird that you keep putting this guy in the ground. <laughs> It'll never not be weird that we, lo we lost him right when Illinois took that bad turn uh, last season. But I know he's looking down. I know he was looking down on Midtown Manhattan last night and just <laughs> and just having a blast up there with whoever it is you have a blast with up there. Who do you think Fernelli's hanging out with up there? Let's not. We are on a time constriction on this episode. Can we please? I am begging. Please stay on track. Um, hey, it's not exactly an answer to your question. Yeah. But Terrence Shannon and Marcus Damask last night became the first Division One teammates to both score at least 30 points and both shoot at least 70 percent from the field. Trivia time. Since when? Since when? Is it even? Do I have any chance at this? Nope. What's the year? Do you have the year? I'm asking you for the year. That's all I need from oh, you. You'll, you don't, ne you'll you never get the players. The, no, you, 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 you couldn't get the players. If I gave you both uh, of their last names <laughs> and their school, if I gave you their school and both their last names, you still couldn't get it. Then I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, oh, can I toss it? Oh, here we go. Here, here's my answer. Uh, you're just you're 20 years too too early. It's 19, uh, 1999. Okay, okay. And it was, of course, uh, accomplished by Thomas Kinney and Drew Samuels. They did it for Marist in a 119-108 loss <laughs> to Niagara. Shasta Poughkeepsie. Oh, wow. Okay. So they were losers. These guys were winners. They were. No, they were big winners. They look really, really good. And Illinois, are you with me on Illinois? Top. Am I with you? I've, I've got him in the top 10. I'm saying, like, I'm, not, I'm saying, I'm saying long term. Uh, prisoner of the moment here. Are we going to look up on March 1 and Illinois is going to be either one or two in the Big Ten? Maybe. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm going to say yes. I would say football. no, just because, like, right. just give me the field. Give me Purdue, and I need one other team to be better than Illinois. I, I would take those odds for the same reasons. I would take the field over everybody in the NCAA tournament, right? Yes. But yes. but is it hard for me to envision uh, Illinois finishing top two in the Big Ten? Of course not. No, not at all. They're good. They're, say, they're obviously good. It will. I'll say it will. 
your most likely candidates uh, right now. Wisconsin, Ohio State, you're unbeaten teams right now. We are so early. Uh, Indiana's 2-0, by the way. Uh, Wisconsin, Illinois, Ohio State, Northwestern started off 1-0. Um, but I like I like their chances. Real quick on FAU. Um, I... They 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 could have won the game. Credit to Illinois for being a closer. Vlad Golden fouling out was was big. Um, I talked with Dusty May before the game, and he had even mentioned he's like, and they were up and they were ready for it. Um, they're just, he was like, they got so much more size than us. And he's right. When watching that, especially like my press seat last night, just happened to be baseline right next to, um, right next to the FAU bench. Uh, Illinois had so much more size. Like you you see Terrence Sanders Jr. stand next to Elijah Martin, and Elijah Martin is one hell of a player. Um, they have to overcome that so, so frequently. And it speaks to how impressive it is with Dusty May. My court report angle on FAU this morning is I credit him simply for not running from scheduling ambitiously. They still have to go play St. Bonaventure, Ken Palm top 100 team in the Northeast. They have to play Arizona. They obviously played the ESPN events invitational. The fact that we watched FAU in the Jimmy V last night, and it was the rare occurrence, by the way, where the first game was a, a, a ranked matchup, both teams. Like, Jimmy V's good every year. We don't always get four ranked teams in top 20 on the lid lifter. Um, credit to Dusty May for not running from this. Uh, there was a time, his first season, where he was getting these kind of games easily. And by that, I mean, he went to Illinois, and he won at Illinois his first year at FAU, got paid $85,000 to do so. No high major is paying FAU to come into its gym anymore. But here's the reality of it with Dusty May. He still has to, per his contract, raise $100,000 in quote-unquote buy games. So this year, he did that by the likes of playing in the ESPN events invitational, going and playing this in this thing in Massachusetts against St. Bonaventure, going and playing Arizona, Las Vegas. So he had to find creative ways to raise money for his program. And he wasn't going to get it by going on the road and playing a power conference team. I believe in FAU, they're probably going to get at least one more loss in the non-con, but I still think that team's going to wind up back in the NCAA tournament, which it has never got, done before, gone in two straight years. Right. Um, you know, it, like when I watched that game last night, all jokes aside, I just went, hey, these are two very good college basketball teams. They're very different. Um, yeah, yes, size was a factor. I think even Dusty acknowledged that after the game. Um, but I, I don't look at that and go, ah, see, FAU was, you know, all high. They, they, played, they played 38 minutes, and it was a one-possession game. And then Illinois, I think, closed on like a 9-2 run, and that's how you get the – that's how you get a, a, a final score that looks like it was a little more lopsided than – it, it actually was. So, yeah, Illinois up to 10 in the top 25 and one FAU down uh, to 14. And after that game was over, the building really filled up and just looked electric for UConn, North Carolina. Deadleg was courtside. We'll get his thoughts on it next. First, though, one word from our partners. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So UConn mm-hmm. took the floor at Madison Square Garden after Illinois was finished with FAU. The opponent, North Carolina, and UConn got a big performance from Cam Spencer. 23.7 rebounds, 6 assists. They went at 87-76. Was that the right score? Yes, it was another double-digit win, uh, 25 in the past 26 now. Uh, until they lose a second one, this is going to be an ongoing thing. They didn't win at Kansas. They come back and respond 87-76. Here's, here's my first question for you, because yep. I think we all in the preseason uh, thought that, hey, maybe UConn will have a chance to, to repeat. It's a preseason top 10-ish type team. N- a month into this thing, it, you have to feel better unless you were just a UConn believer from the jump. Like that's the best team in the country. You got to feel better about wherever you, for most of us, you got to feel better about UConn today than you felt coming into the thing. They look, they look like a, they look great. And are they a month into the season? Do they look best equipped to repeat as a national champion as any team we've had a month into the season since Florida Repeat, actually repeated as national champions. I didn't take the time to look this up. Honestly, it just sort of popped into my head. I was driving in today. But maybe one, like Kansas 09 might have looked this way a month into it. Kansas last season might have looked like legitimate contender a month into the season. But, you know, I'd, I'd still take the field over UConn to win a national championship, obviously. But they look like different pieces, different team, but they look like they could do it. Is Kansas uh, is Kansas is is Connecticut right now? Although Kansas fans might make that argument after what happened Friday in their joint, is Connecticut the favorite to win the national title as of right now? I don't think the odds have that. Uh, although they haven't updated since this game last night. Although a result like this, I actually think furthers the cause. I think that's got to be the case. Now, if you sort the data on Torvik, and I have an update on that by the way, uh, Seth Davis, longtime dedicated podcast listener, um, he reached out on Sunday night and uh, we had a little back and forth, and he now knows how to sort the data. At least, at least part of the data, you know, for in-season, remove preseason bias. He is now aware of that. Seth, I'm really proud of you. Um, you sort the data, Connecticut right now in-season, efficiency, Torvik, it's fifth. At Ken Palm, which is factoring preseason bias, still you cannot sort the data at Ken Palm. Um, I can. Third overall, yeah, I'd love to see you try. <laughs> third overall, I think Connecticut is best is best equipped here. Okay, so... Two oh, weeks no, I, I do have the odds, updated odds okay. to win the national championship. This was as of what, Monday, Tuesday? I know it was this week they got updated. I mean, they update constantly. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if you get the futures that really refresh like every 24 hours, though. I'm just trying like to. Like, I'm get... on FanDuel.com right now. All right, let FanDuel, me have it. FanDuel Sportsbook. Yep. Make every moment more. All right, <laughs> what are the damn odds? Okay, just guess. Who do you think is the favorite to win the national championship right now? Kansas. Kansas is plus 1,300. That is tied for third. How about that? Um, Jeez. Uh, uh, Tied for third. So there's two teams ahead of them? That's right. Okay, there's no ties in one or two? That's right. There is a clear – I mean, there is a favorite. There is a team that has better odds than anybody else. I'll say Purdue. It is Purdue at plus 1,000. And I will say it should be UConn, too. If if you tell me it's Duke, that is – 
that is brutal this morning. It's I'm not, not going to tell you it's Duke. I'm going to tell you that it is Arizona. It's okay. Purdue at plus a thousand, Arizona at plus eleven hundred, and then Connecticut and Kansas both at plus thirteen hundred, followed by Marquette and Houston both at plus fifteen hundred. That makes sense. Uh, so two weeks ago, I watched UConn walk into the Garden and and destroy. Um, Look, how about this? My, my big takeaway on that, we talked about a little bit on the pod, was UConn after beating, uh, who was it? Texas, I guess it was. Um, it just, it had the makeup of a team that can repeat and win the national title. Uh, obviously, that hasn't changed. I, I, I tweeted as much on Tuesday night. Um, but the fact that they did it, like the garden was tremendous last night. I mean, it really was. I'm going to be that guy. This felt like an Elite Eight game, GP. It oh, felt, man, I can't tell you how many games feel like Elite Eight games. Uh, there's so many, right? Oh, man, they so always many games feel, like, uh, feel like Elite That's why, if you really follow, sometimes I'll be like, this feels like a second-round game in Des Moines <laughs> right now. Because sometimes, you know what? Sometimes they do. It, it, had, it did have Big East tournament final environment. Carolina fans showed up huge. Obviously, UConn fans were in there in big numbers. It was only UConn's second win ever over uh, over UNC in its first in 22 seasons. They did my, The point that I'm warming to here, Klingon is still bothered by the toe, and my court report leads on Tristan Newton, who was just okay, but Tristan Newton right now is an All-American point guard, and what he does for this team, uh, it's just time to stop overlooking him for his overall value, and yet, here's my point. They didn't need him to be awesome against Carolina last night, uh, Klingens is dealing with the toe. He hasn't been close to the player that we project him to be in the preseason so far. Caravan dislocated his finger. He played through it and, and finally got into a groove. Uh, Camp Spencer, who was unafraid of the moment, and his look, oh, by the way, the black shoes with the white socks, you know, not, not an absolute Adonis out there. It just, I thought it, it added a tremendous element and a vibe. And yeah, like, I was sitting courtside, and he might have had a few choice words on one occasion for the UNC fan section. Um, he showed up big, and he's not even 100% healthy, and they still did this. Like, they peeled away from Carolina. Carolina couldn't keep pace, and to me, it was more about UConn than UNC last night. But um, if you're UNC, like, you, you'd like to see a little bit more. They just didn't – they don't have that. They're not on Connecticut's level right now. You can't make that case. They They were in a neutral court environment, and it was truly neutral court. Forget that it was the garden and it was driving distance from stores. I was sitting there in that building. That was about as close to 50-50 fan split as I think. It might have been 55-45 UConn. And Carolina, the emotions in the game were high. Baycott got a BS technical. Then Cam Spencer got one uh, a little bit later. Um, I felt like the emotion of the game, I'm not going to say it, it was the factor that prevented Carolina from uh, from overcoming. But I, th I, I felt like UConn thrived off it a little bit more. And to me... Especially after Purdue lost at Northwestern. I mean, Connecticut lost at Kansas by four and looked about as good as you could ask them to look in that circumstance with, you know, they're still not fully healthy. Uh, Connecticut, as of December 6, 2023, is best positioned to win the national title. That will probably change, but I am I am all the way there right now this morning, GP. I don't know that I'd make them the favorite, but I wouldn't argue with you about it if you wanted to. Um, I mean, again, technically, we just referenced the numbers. They're not the favorite, but they look the part. They look capable. You know, every year, whether it's uh, December 6th or January 6th or February 6th, you, you start to uh, try to, okay, what? who knows who will win the tournament, but let's, like, start identifying teams that look like they got the pieces to do it. And clearly, uh, if you're putting together a list of 
even maybe two or three, you'd probably need to have UConn uh, on it. And what's noticeable to me, we all talk to coaches and um, we've all heard them in, in situations where they're just frustrated with their team or they don't like their team or they feel like they're missing a, you know, a, a, just this one piece. Like I, 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 I talked to a coach who was getting ready to coach in the sweet 16 one year. And when I got him on the phone, he was coach of a top two seed headed to the sweet 16, got him on the phone before that. And he was convinced that his point guard wasn't good enough to, to go any further. And that he was going to be favored in a sweet 16 game, but he hated his point guard so much. Mm-hmm. Just could like, I, I can't believe I've got to try to go to a final four with this guy. Like, okay. <laughs> okay. So Who was that coach? I can't tell you. So, but my point is this, tell me if you've noticed this. Yeah. Every time Dan Hurley talks, he seems to love his team. Oh yeah. Without a doubt. No, like, that, is, that, that is, that is part of it. Um, he like, he, he talks, he, he seems like, and it's not just like, I've got good players. He seems to love everything about them, their approach, their mindset, their swagger, the way they carry themselves. He, he sounds like a man who knows I've got a different team from last season, but I've got a team that is good enough to do exactly what we did last season. And they are absolutely in it in the best of ways right now. And to that point, I did not put this part in my story on Wednesday, but I talked, I, I, Talked to Kamani Young, the UConn associate head coach, about Tristan, and I got Dan after the game last night, and I didn't put this part in, but um, and I'm going to paraphrase Dan here. He basically was saying, when we got Tristan here, like it, it took time for him to kind of a little bit of time for him just to adapt to us because the way he's wired, he's not the, he's he's not like Dan or Kamani or a, uh, assistant coach Luke Murray or a lot of the guys on the UConn roster where. Uh, the emotions always, always out. The volumes always up at 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 eight at a minimum, and um, they just kind of walk around with that swagger. That's not what Tristan Newton is. Um, and Hurley told me last night. He's like, you know what? Like he's done the things we've asked of him. He's he's you know the most valuable guard in America as far as I'm concerned. Which absolutely he should say that, and that might prove to be true. But he should say that as his coach. But he said, I have learned that it's probably a good thing that not every single guy on my team has has my personality or even has our personality as a program like Tristan is a little bit different in that regard but it is what we need and I would agree with that he is a cool customer out there and he's got a pretty stroke and uh, I I was told that if you really dig into some of the some of the numbers from some of these companies that are tracking stuff beyond your basic box statistics or even some tempo free stuff uh, Newton's value in terms of of where he is, how he understands floor spacing, deflections, et cetera, et cetera, is it's among the best in the sport right now, and they got a they got a great thing going, man. They really, really do. They have passed the test. My last thing on UConn is this: Hurley did say last night in the presser, and he's not one to like say stuff to even if he doesn't fully mean it, but to send a message to his team. So I was surprised he he said this team is not as far along as the team last year at this point in the season. So the team that didn't lose and in uh in non-conference play and he thinks that this team's got a good chance at being close to as good as the team last season uh, i'm definitely going to take him for his word on that parish i'm just telling you i know the talented team that had last season what i've seen so far it yeah i i don't know hurley kind of tapping the brakes a little bit kind of surprised me because i have seen nothing to indicate otherwise that this team can't be on the level of the group it, that he had last year but we'll we'll see on that the kansas loss is it's maybe the best loss of, of the season for any team so far. Um, I'm really interested on that. Uh, real quick on UNC and then it's all yours. Um, uh, 
I didn't buy them being a top 10 team. I do buy them being a top 25 team. They are definitely like they have upgraded this year. That's undeniable. Uh, they've got a good win over Tennessee. They had to hold on late, but they, they, that was a definitive win. They beat Arkansas. If you've watched them play, like there's, there's a difference. I just wonder Elliot Cadeau, the young point guard, I think, but we'll have to see. I think he's going to gradually progress. And by the time we get to February, uh, he might well be playing like a sophomore, and they're going to need him to do that. But UNC is back to running. Um, Hubert just said he needs the team to be a better rebounding team. He's absolutely right about that. They are just they're they're a tier below. They are not one of the ten best teams in the country right now. Yes, the ranking represents that, but I think the I think the staff is aware of that as well. And they can get there, and they may well get there. But there's still more stuff they have to work on, and it can't just be let's let RJ Davis be the central point of our offense and then play off Baycott. It's it's Harrison Ingram has a lot of talent. Cormac Ryan, he's going to be shooting better. So I think Tar Heel fans are still optimistic. I, you know, it's a, it's a loss in a competitive environment. I would have liked to have seen him play him closer, but uh, I am in on UNC's future uh, moving forward. I think this team will be a single digit seed and I'm, I'm not, I'm not too uh, taken aback by what we saw on Tuesday. My last thing on, on UConn is, you know, Dan's saying, "Hey, we'll you know, we'll, you know, publicly saying we'll see if this team can be as good as last season's team, and that it's not as far as long at this moment. It might not be like as we're saying, yeah. like two things can be true at the same time. They look like a national championship contender. They might not be as good as last season's team, <laughs> but <laughs> keep going, keep going." But like that, the the explanation for that might be you know simple. They lost a lottery pick and the most outstanding player of the Final Four, right? Like you know you you can yeah. still be a national championship contender and not be as good as last season's national champion. But they are eight and one with the lone loss coming at Allen Fieldhouse by four points, and then they've got victories now over North Carolina, Texas, and like you know a top four team in the state of from the state of Indiana. So that's like that's a bonus. That's a pretty good. That's a pretty good resume. Through nine games, I guess you'd rather be nine and zero than eight and one. But you'd take this every single time if you're Dan Hurley after losing everything that they lost from last season's team. So the Huskies have been uh, impressive so far this season. A school that hasn't been. That's Michigan State. Lost again last night by double digits at home in the Breslin Center to Wisconsin. Is it time to start wondering if Tom Izzo's streak of 25 consecutive Appearances in the NCAA tournament is in jeopardy. I'll ask Norlander that question next. First, one more word from our partners. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. 
And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Wisconsin went to Michigan State on Tuesday night, 170-57. That means the Spartans are now 4-4. Four and four. They have lost twice at home, once to James Madison, then to Wisconsin. They have lost neutral court games to Duke and Arizona, and their best win at this point is over Butler. Are you concerned about Tom Izzo's team? Uh, or do you believe, and like you've already said, we're early, but do you believe that mm-hmm. their streak of 25 consecutive NCAA tournament appearances, which is the third longest of all time, and it belongs solely to Tom Izzo, yeah. like Tom Izzo himself is responsible for the third longest streak of NCAA tournament appearances in history. Do you think it's in jeopardy? Parrish, it's fair to say right now that it's in jeopardy. After being a preseason top five team and on paper this is why they play the games kiddos looking like a comfortable number two in that league behind purdue that's not what it is uh credit to espn stats and info for this little nugget so michigan state is four and four it's tied for the worst start by any team in the preseason ap top five in the past four decades 2003 2004 missouri started four and four 2003 2004 michigan state started four and uh, four and four in 86 87 louisville started four and four now obviously uh the michigan state team in 03 and 04 went on to make the NCAA tournament they've got this ongoing streak under Izzo. that team that year went 18 and 12 was a seven seed 18 and 12 was a seven seed it was really good in the big 10 uh it went 12 and 4 that season and uh it got promptly bounced out of the tournament by um by nevada uh, I, I'm. I think Izzo's gonna figure it out. Like, I, if if I'm saying one way or the other, which way are they going, I'll say he gets it done. But the best win is at home against Butler. That at best will be a quad two win at the end of the season. They got to go to Nebraska on Sunday. That's their next game this weekend. What a, what a nightmare that is! Oh, Imagine yeah, well, you're four and four. You got to go to Pinnacle Bank. Jesus walk in. Christ. You know what? They might just walk in. So the, this this could be coming at at the uh at the exact at the exact right moment there. We'll see on that one. And then they've got Baylor uh in Detroit after that. And it's a huge opportunity. You gotta beat Baylor. You beat Baylor, then if you don't, like it's it's conceivable that MSU could be four and six. Lose at Nebraska, lose against Baylor, and then you've got bye game opponents until Big Ten play starts in earnest in January, and then the pressure will be on because they're gonna have to finish have to finish top three in the big 10 in order to have any chance at an at-large resume so your question was is it in jeopardy my answer is it absolutely is in jeopardy considering the start here i have i was you know i was at the garden last night i didn't see any of the game um by the way that missouri team that also was preseason top five uh it went 16 to 14 and didn't even make the tournament uh that year so yeah it's uh we don't have to venture off into Nova, but when I was watching sidelines or uh, GP on, on Tuesday, the Michigan State score stood out to me. And then I know Nova, Justin Moore went down. He's got a knee injury. And then Tyler Perry hit a hit a big shot to win it for K-State. We talked about Nova on Sunday. We don't need to re- redo that again. Um, but those are the two teams that really just already had big body blows on the resume. And they took even more. MSU was especially tough because it was on their home floor. Yeah, uh, I'm... I don't know if you, how much of, or if any, you know, because you were at the garden. I don't know if you saw Tom's post game, 
but he, yeah, I didn't see it. I didn't see it. I got home at, at uh, shortly before 3 a.m. And I was riding the entire train ride. I didn't see a, a second. Okay, so he, he more or less just acknowledged, like, yes, I'm shocked. I can't believe we're sitting here at four and four. It, it is not um, It's not something any of us saw coming based off of the season we had last season, based off of the summer that we had. I felt really good coming into this thing. And it's obviously on me. I've got to get this fixed. But, yes, I am shocked that we are in this position. Um, and Tom is one of those people who will always tell you, like if he if it was if he did see it coming he'd say I knew this was going to happen I knew we weren't that good I knew I knew we had backcourt problems he'll he'll t- he'll tell you and he seems confused by the way this has unfolded so far and he actually because 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 it, it is confusing and I'm with you I'm going to assume that they'll figure it out because it is quite literally the safest thing to assume in college athletics that Tom Izzo will figure it out yeah. he has for a quarter of a century straight figured it out. Like 25 consecutive NCAA tournament appearances, and it would be 26 if we didn't cancel in mm. 2020, dumbest pandemic of my lifetime. Uh, so I can't remember if it was after the James Madison loss or maybe the Duke loss or whatever it was, but I sort of made the same point. Like I just I just assume assuming they'll be fine. You know, they're not fine now, but I'm assuming they'll be fine. And you get some uh uh dum-dums uh on social media, and they're like, Oh, you're just gonna oh, you're just gonna uh, just going to b- blindly believe in Tom Izzo. One guy accuses me at least three times a week of having Tom Izzo's balls in my mouth. That's what he says to me constantly on X slash Twitter. All right. Here's the thing. I don't even understand it. I don't think what is, what is not smart about believing Tom Izzo will figure out how to have a competent basketball team that makes the NCAA tournament. Would it be, would it be actually stupid to assume otherwise? Eventually he won't. But, like, if you just assume now for 25, 26 straight years that Tom Izzo's team's going to be all right, make the NCAA tournament, you'd be right every single time. So why, why wouldn't you believe that it'll happen again um, until it until it doesn't? Like, if there were a director out there who had made 25 straight good films and then he was making another one and he had uh, actors that had been successful before and somebody said, hey, you think the movie's going to be any good? You'd probably go, uh, well, the guy making the movie uh, never makes a bad one, and the actors in the film, um, they've been accomplished. Um, you know, so, sure, uh, it looks like a recipe for success. And then, you know, the season starts, and here we are. They don't look good, but I'd still bet on them ex- getting to the tournament one way or another. I don't, I don't feel great about it, but I just – if something happens 25 straight times and the pieces are there that looks like it should happen a 26 straight time, I'm going to assume that it will. But – I'm less sure of it than I've ever been. Uh, yeah, offense is struggling. Three-point shooting, 27.5% for this team. They need a uh, major upgrade. Walker, Hogard, Akins, they all got to be better from beyond the three. Well, that's the, that's the thing. They've, they've, they've got guys who have been good college players who aren't good college players right now. Like, AJ Hogard's percentages are all down. Tyson Walker's percentages are all down. This is a team, and I know it's slightly different pieces, but largely the same pieces. They shot um, 39.3% from three last season, which ranked third in the country this season. They're shooting 27.5% from three, which ranks 325th in the country. And a lot of the guys who are taking the shots are the same guys who took the shots for that team to shot 39% from three last season. 
It's true. Um, I'll give credit to Wisconsin here at seven and two. It was one and two at one point, and it's peeled off six wins in a row. It goes to play at Arizona this year because that's a home and home. So Arizona will make the return trip next year. Um, that's going to be a, just a tall task. At the, at the win is actually pretty damn valuable for for Wisconsin to get out of a back to back from home against Marquette and then Michigan State and go two and zero. Oh. It was pretty significant for its resume. Michigan State, yeah, plenty to figure out. Um, this loss was the most alarming because it was the second home loss of the season. The first one was an OT against a JMU team that you still haven't ranked, right? Have you, have you ranked? Not yeah. yet. But no. you got Mich- You still got Michigan State ranked ahead of them, right? So we're I moved Michigan State up to number seven after That's last that. night's loss. Right. Now right. I got to get them out. You know, I believe in them until I just can't anymore. It, I could still justify Michigan State as of yesterday afternoon. You can't after this one. I mean, here's the thing. It's not like they just lost a game at home. Wisconsin led every second of that game. Michigan State was down the entire game. Wisconsin just walked in there. Yeah. And made it made it a a modern day pinnacle bank. Let's let's go easy. Uh, Let's look ahead. Just I want to acknowledge one more result from from Tuesday night. Uh, That wasn't surprising. Grand Canyon won at home over San Diego State. That was a road game. One of the better environments truly in the entire sport. Grand Canyon seven and one. I mentioned it on the Sunday show. Probably, probably going to win the whack. Um, so for SDSU, that's that's a loss on the schedule, but it could well wind up being a quad one loss uh, at the end of it. We'll we'll see how Grand Canyon filters out in the net. The net just debuted this week. BYU, by the way, your number one team in the net right now. Also high in the metrics. That's nothing new, but uh, tough loss. I don't think that's going to be too too damaging. SDSU sits at seven and two. Grand Canyon right now under Bryce Drew. Where are you, Bryce? Where are you, Bryce? Bryce, you're seven and one. You just beat you just beat San Diego State. What do you say? This is Bryce, and I don't care. Okay. Well, you got Liberty on the road this Saturday. That's a toughie, and that's your Tuesday night results. Um, looking ahead on Wednesday night, Texas Marquette. Shaka Smart against the Longhorns. That's fun, right? It is. Um, on my train trip in on Tuesday, uh. I was I was wondering, I was like, okay, so we have a high major coach who is now playing against his former school who's also a high major. Listeners, help me out here. Past 10 to 15 years in, in the regular season, how, how often have we seen this? It, it, it's happened probably because of MTE stuff. Rick this Barnes is, against Texas, that happened. Correct, and that happened last season. Um, uh, but this isn't exceedingly common. I, I, would, I would love a list of how often we've seen a high major coach go up against his former school, particularly in the regular season. But if you got some postseason stuff, feel free to share it as well. Um, it's it's relatively uncommon, but that is the best game of Wednesday night. Marquette gets that one at home, uh, a really big opportunity. I can't wait to watch the game. I think it's got a great chance at being a really, really good game. I think that one leads it. Um, what else is standing out to you? What should people be aware of here on Wednesday, GP? Well, I don't, you know, it's a little bit off the radar, I guess, except for maybe in the state of South Carolina. But South Carolina at Clemson? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I believe that's two undefeated teams. It's ne- they've never met this deep into a season with the this both records being uh, unbeaten. They're both seven and zero. They've never met and both having played at least you know this many games. A collective fourteen and zero. It's the Palmetto State Showdown. It's a, it's a it's a very big one. And Clemson is ranked this this week. Uh, South Carolina is not. It's got a big opportunity. And yeah, it doesn't maybe have a ton of national appeal just yet because there's not numbers next to both those teams' names. But if South Carolina can go in and and win in Little John, then we're really cooking with something. I would think Clemson's going to be able to get that done. P.J. Hall's been outstanding so far this season. That's an 8 o'clock tip on ACC Network. And then Thursday night, and not much. 
Uh, but Iowa at Iowa State. I don't know how good Iowa is, but, you know, in-state rivalry game. Those are always fun. It's called El Asicone football. I got one more thing for you on Wednesday here, though. We got Rutgers at Wake Forest. Rutgers is expected to land Dylan Harper later on Wednesday when he makes his official college commitment. Um, we'll see if that winds up being the case. But the, I think the people that uh, that have been tracking this um, are in are, are thinking that that's how that's going to go. If it indeed does go that way, uh, Steve Peichel will have by far <laughs> the best class in the history of Rutgers. So Rutgers right now, it's kind of in the thick of it and trying to get a, a win on the road here uh, against Wake Forest, uh, six, uh, five and two right now. But man, oh man, we will be talking, we we're talking Rutgers soup a lot in the, in the year to come. They got another guy, Ace Bailey, coming along who's tremendous. Wake Forest just got Efton re-cleared. So I would think he's going to play in this game, 6 o'clock on Wednesday. Just good news for both programs, it looks like. And uh, they just happen to be playing each other on Wednesday. Thursday, it is just Iowa at Iowa State. Iowa coming off a completely non-competitive game. They lost against Purdue on Monday. Now they got to go play their rival, their instant rival. Iowa State has lost two of its past three. It gets the game on its home floor. Uh, I actually think this is, for the purposes of the rivalry, it's always huge. Um, I think there's real urgency behind this game for both of these teams. I think there's a lot that still needs to be determined with how good they are. I lean Iowa State being the better team. It's got the it's got the game on its home floor. Tamin Lipsy, if you have not seen him play yet, he is a he's a talented young point guard, and his growth will probably key a lot of where Iowa State goes this season. I I, I can't I can't hear you. I'm back. <laughs> there, okay, you're back. I was like, is it me? I okay. muted myself. I've got a I've got a cough. Oh, got it. Okay, okay. I'm a little under the weather. <laughs> I'm a little under the weather. It happens. Can't believe I got a cold on the same day that Taylor Swift was named 2023 Time Person of the Year. Did that happen? You? Yes, it happened. Taylor Swift shirt for him. There we go. Okay. Was unaware. Unaware of what? I didn't see that Taylor won. Yeah, she won. Who else would win? Did it get announced this morning? Uh, dude, uh, did it get announced this morning? Yes, it got announced this yeah, morning. Yeah, I haven't tried. Again, I rolling on five hours of sleep, woke up. Prep didn't check a single thing. I didn't see that. And I've been, I, I've been, I've been, I've been up. Some of us have been up for like four or five hours. Yeah, I went to bed four or five hours ago. So yeah, but I had made the podcast happen for you. And and shouts to the guy who who yelled Norlander, and then he just bellows. Yeah, they said more of us or one of us, one of those. So there we go. There we go. Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Terry M. F. Antigua. He's a legend. Shouts to Hawk. Shouts to Larnell. Shouts to uh, Thomas Kitty and Drew Samuels. Yeah, sure. Why not? Marist. They, they did it. Marist. Marist. Oh, as we're getting out of here, and you got to do another show. Cliff Ellis is retiring. He's the oldest coach in the sport. Seventy-eight. I was, I was certain he would never. Yeah, he thought he might. He might go wire to wire there. Uh, he he is the active leader in wins in men's division in college basketball. So that is. Now, John, trivia time. Who's now the leader? I I don't ha have it off the top of my head. Who's now the active leader? It was Huggins, and then he left, and now Ellis, and now he's leaving. Active leader and wins. Is it, is it Barnes? To keep doing the shouts, I'll tell you before we get out. Could, Tom, could be Tom Izzo. I don't think it's Izzo. Well, then it's probably Jerome Tang. It's not Jerome Tang. Uh, hold be. on. Here we go. I got, I got you right now. It is. It is. Oh wow, you got to go down the list here. I'm I'm still scrolling. Oh, you know who it is? Hmm. Per per Wikipedia, Calipari. 790. Well, good for him. 791 is it's Cal right now. Cal just uh Cal just took the uh took the mantle. Cliff Ellis was uh 
what creeping in on 900 there but yeah it's uh calipari is now your active leader that could all get officially announced a little bit later on today we can get out of here here thank you guys for watching listen i own college basketball podcast if you're not subscribed subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcast apple spotify more of us than there are of them that should be reflected in the comments and we will talk to you again on friday when i plan to extend my lead in the final four and one yes, until the, till then take care <laughs>